0: I think for me, running is just it's just freedom. It's like you get to put on your shoes, walk out the door, and go anywhere.
1: Disruns Radio episode nine hundred and thirty-eight starts in three, two Today's episode of the show is brought to you in part by the folks over at YNAB, which uh, stands for You Need a Budget. See YNAB, Y N A B. You need a budget. See what what they did there. Um, but uh, why is why is YNAB something that I'm talking about on the show? Why is it something that I use and something that I think might be helpful for for some of you? Maybe not. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you're doing good budget wise. Um, but we all know running can get a little bit expensive. And, and now as we're kind of hopefully rounding round in the corner and and. You know, as far as the pandemic is concerned, and getting races back on the calendar again, uh, those race expenses are going to start uh, being incurred by some of us again, and not just the race cost, but traveling for races, hotels, meals, all those kinds of things, including or uh, not not overlooking the the other expenses that the running sport the sport of running. Uh, Puts upon us as far as shoes and gear and clothes and hydration and yada yada yada. I mean, we all spend more money on running than maybe we we ever thought we would when we got started, but but here we are. And uh, YNAB is something that Rebecca and I have been using for uh, almost two years now, and uh, it's really made a difference for us. Not in that it helps make money magically appear in our bank account each month, but what it really does is help us to be intentional with where we're spending our money and, and being aware of, you know, some of those little things, those little subscription fees or those little, uh, you know, cups of coffee here and, and grabbing a bite there. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, wait a second. we're spending X amount here, X amount there. And is that necessary spending? Is it money we want to spend? Great. We'll keep spending it. If it's something that's maybe, uh, you know, a subscription that we're not using anymore, but we've been paying for, for a few months, which may or may not have been a a few of those things along the way, uh, kind of puts that reminder out there of like, hey, why don't we cancel this and put this money towards something that we're actually wanting to use. So, uh, anyway, all that to say is, is I've been really happy with, uh, our decision to kind of use Wineab to help us not only get control of our finances, but get ahead on our finances. And if that's an area where maybe it's something that you want to work on or, or just, you know, be more intentional about making sure you've got some money left over at the end of the month to put towards the next race or the next pair of shoes or whatever it might be, uh, give Wineab a try. And if you go through my link, disruns.com slash YNAB, just com slash YNAB. Um, you get A free 34 month day trial, 34 month day, 34 day trial, which is just a little bit over a month. Uh, You can get that through the YNAB website as well. If you just go to their homepage, you'll get that free trial as well. But if you use my link and then after the 34 days, you're like, you know what? This is this is helpful. I can see the benefit of this. It's worth signing up for a year. And I think a year is like I don't know, 75 bucks, 80 bucks, something like that. Um, If if you decide after a month that there's value in it and decide to sign up, you'll get. 13 months for the price of 12 by using my link versus just going through the, the generic, you know, YNAB website page. Uh, and I also get an extra month added to my subscription as well. So this isn't one of those affiliate deals where I'm making any money off of it. I'm just getting my subscription extended if you decide that it's something that's useful for you. So, uh, but don't do it just for me. Do it for you. I, I think that if, if you're anything like Rebecca and I, you'll you'll quickly see that, you know, spending 75, 80 bucks a year uh, for something that, helps us save money each and every month and be intentional with our spending each and every month is very much well worth it. Uh, so anyway, if you're interested, check it out, Dizruns.com slash And now, without any further ado, let's dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. Uh, today's guest is back for a long overdue round two uh, and i'm definitely looking forward to uh, catching up with her a bit and uh, find out kind of what new is going on in her life and her business and her running and all that good stuff today so uh, she's been a runner for for somewhere over 20 years now you know at that at that point who who counts weeks and months but tw- 20 plus years uh and and really as far as i can tell from her website and from the you know from memories of our first conversation a few years ago uh running really kind of clicked for her when she shifted her focus from running being about uh, you know, losing weight, burning calories, things like that, and more about something that helps her to build strength, build confidence, and just get out there and, and enjoy it. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, for, for a lot of us, somewhere in there, there's probably some some things that we can r- relate to as far as that is concerned as well. Uh, but fast forward today, she's a, an author, podcaster, running coach, and kind of just doing everything she can to help uh, others find the joy in running, especially those that maybe wouldn't think that running is something that they could, that they could do and could enjoy doing. Uh, so needless to say, there are plenty of things to uh talk about today to catch up today so let's officially get the party started and welcome Ms. jill angie back to the show so but thanks for coming back and joining us again jill really appreciate it
0: hi i'm excited to be here good good
1: looking forward to it it's and i feel like uh this was something we kind of hinted at the first time that we kind of like had been trying to line something up for a while and then we finally, you know, finally the stars aligned and here we are. And I kind of feel like that happened again this time too. It's kind of been a, a, an ongoing little bit of back burner back and forth for the last few months and then, now finally we're, we're making it happen and looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, if you if you uh, haven't stumbled upon Jill before on, on the various social medias or on podcasts or things like that, uh definitely encourage you to check out what she's got going on. Lots of good information, lots of good, uh, just good stuff all the way around. Uh, NotYourAverageRunner.com is the website, not your average runner. You're gonna you're gonna sense a theme about not your average runner because that's that's the website, that's the podcast name, uh, that's that's where she is on all the social medias. Basically, if you just search for not your average runner, you'll find her on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. Um, and even that's that's the title of some books. I don't even have the book titles written down, but we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the books at some point. We talked about them before as well. Uh, but if you want to go back and listen to the first episode, the first conversation, disruns.com slash 551. disruns.com slash 551 is a link to get you back to the show notes for the first episode. Or if you want to scroll back in your feed and find the 551st episode from, like I said, just about three years ago, from uh, March, late March of 2018 was the first episode. And if you want the show notes for today, we'll have everything linked up as per usual, disruns.com slash 93 disruns.com slash 938 for today's link back to the show notes photos all the things so jill the way we uh always start the show uh is is hasn't changed in the three years hasn't changed in the shoot since day one of the podcast which is i don't know why it's still going on but it, it works it's just a great way to start the conversation and it's always fun when somebody comes back for a second time to ask the question again Maybe the answers changed. Maybe it stayed the same. I don't know, but it's just a good place to start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Oh, I love this question. Um, I think it's got to be the half marathon because it's long enough that you can go through all the emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like you start out, you got a little bit of the nerves, although I don't get the nerves so much anymore, but... Um, but you get like that little like anticipation, excitement, and then you get the like, woo, this is going so great. And then, you know, you hit mile three and you're like settling in and you're feeling calm and relaxed. And then, I don't know, somewhere around mile six or mile seven, you're like, OK, all right. How, how am I going to pace myself for the rest of this? And then you you hit mile eight and you're like, this was a terrible idea. I'm never doing this again. Then you hit mile 10 and you're like, oh, I'm almost like, woo, I'm almost at like, I got three miles left and mile 12, you kind of have another little dip. You're like, seriously, when is this going to be over? And then like mile 13, you could see the finish line and there's that sprint. And then there's, like, so you get the whole gamut, the whole range of life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all it's drama in one, you know, for me, three hour period. Right. So fun.
1: Yeah. the, the, The half is, is a great distance. No, no question. And, uh, I don't know if you remember, but that's that is ultimately where you settled on last time. The, the, you kind of you kind of wavered a little bit. You're like, I don't know. I mean, five k, ten k, kind of fun, short, yada yada yada, and, and kind of went into it. But they're like, I think I think the half marathon, and now this time it's firm half marathon. That's that's the yeah. that's the race for you,
0: for sure, for sure. And I think I mean part of it is because I trained. Let's see, we talked in 2018, and the following year, then I got I got injured later that year, and then I kind of like rehab from that and was, you know, I was, I was out for probably four months. It was a while. And so I was starting, you know, kind of from scratch and decided, okay, this is a great idea. I'm going to train for a marathon. And I, you know, hadn't been running for four months and I trained all summer training went amazing. And I think like getting myself to multiple times, go faster than that half marathon made me really appreciate the beauty of that distance. And um ultimately I did not finish my marathon. I it was sleeting. Mm. And really cold that day. I had not really trained in that kind of weather and by 13 miles my feet were covered in blisters and I said this is not this is not how I want to like my first marathon to go so I just called it and I I took myself off the course at about 13 miles but again I, this for me that half marathon distance just keeps coming back to this beautiful um, container for an experience. That's, um, I would love
1: to dive into that story a little bit more. The whole, the whole (laughs) thing, if you're, if you're so willing, which is, which is why I, I, you know, um, why I love the open-ended question, right? Because somebody starts talking and then there's, there's like six things that come out of it and you're like, yes, yes, yes. Let's dive, (laughs) dive into this. Um, so, so a little, a little, I don't know if context is the right word, but just I went back and listened to our first chat and preparing for today just to make sure I kind of had, had a little bit of an idea of, of where we were back then. Um, and, and I remember, um, well, I didn't remember till I listened, of course, that at that point, when we were talking, you're kind of in this little bit of a run streak situation, or you had just kind of finished a run streak, and, and you're kind of enjoying the idea of running every day. Um, but then, you know, like you just mentioned, you, you shortly after our chatter, at some point later that year, you, you wind up with an injury. Uh, can we can we dive into what the injury was a little bit, if you don't mind?
0: Yeah, so the run streak itself, uh, it just it aggravated. i I've, I've, you know, I'm prone to plantar fasciitis or have been here and there over the years. I think most runners, mm-hmm. you know, struggle with it at least once. And um, the run streak, I could feel the plantar fasciitis coming on, and I was like, I'm, I'm finishing this run streak. I am not letting it die, and that was a mistake. Um, and so I kind of was out for for a little bit you know, on crutches dealing with that. And once I got that resolved, I jumped right back into running and really pushing myself. And then I ended up with um, you know, a lot of IT band syndrome because I really like I didn't have a holistic program for myself. I was just kind of like balls to the wall. I'm gonna do all the things. I was like, I got this podcast and, you know, I gotta, I gotta do everything. And uh, yeah, so I ended up with some IT band syndrome and a little bit of my um, my right kneecap kind of like tracking off center. And so I went through, oh, and <laughs> right around that same time, I moved in with my um, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and of course, we moved into an apartment that's on the third floor, and there's no elevator, so like, you know, anytime I wanted to leave or come home, it's 39 steps up, 39 steps down, and I think that just like put everything over the edge, so I, I went to physical therapy, and I said, all right, I'm going to take it back to basics, um, rehabbed everything, and I've had zero problems since then. But I recognized that, you know, I, because I really wasn't running consistently throughout 2018, that 2019 was probably not the year I should train for a marathon. Um, but I was excited about it. It's, it's kind of funny because my, my boyfriend, not my husband, I guess, um, he started running because I was a runner and he. I know he lost about a hundred pounds in 2018 and he started running and he started losing all this weight and he started getting really fast and going really long distances. And I'd always wanted to run a marathon. And then in early 2019, while I was rehabbing, he signed up for the Philadelphia marathon. And so I think that my brain was like, Oh hell no, (laughs) you're not going to run one before me. (laughs) So I signed up and I was like, I can do this. I can power through it. I was wrong. Um, but the training itself was, it was amazing. Like it was probably, it was hard as hell. It was uncomfortable. It tested me mentally and physically, you know, more than I expected, but it was, it was just one of the best experiences of my life. And even though I didn't finish on marathon day. I left with a whole new belief in myself and a whole new understanding of what I'm capable of. So it's kind of funny. People are like, "Oh, you know, do you feel bad that you didn't finish?" I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure I made the right decision in that moment for myself." And like, you know, there's always another marathon. Of course, then COVID hits. So. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but right, there's always there's always another chance. There's always another try.
1: Um. Yeah. The, obviously, great great perspective. But I f- I feel like personally uh in in and, and, and even as a coach sometimes it's easy to have that perspective when it's not you or at least for me it's easy it's easy for me to tell an athlete that i'm working with or just tell somebody tell a friend tell somebody i know on social media tell 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 whoever that like hey you know like tell you you know it sucks that you didn't get to finish that marathon jill like like i can't imagine how difficult that would have been but yeah like there's always another there's always another race you always you know even with covid there'll be there'll be other opportunities if that's if that's something that you still want to do um but in the moment what like like you make it sound like you're like yeah you know it's it was it, it was the right it certainly was the right choice. I, I, I don't have any questions about that. But in the moment, was there a big wrestling match, or was it was it pretty cut and dry that like like were you at peace with the decision right away, or did it take a little while to come to, to the fact that like you trained up for your first marathon, the day was not ideal, and you ne- weren't gonna weren't gonna keep going because of the situation with your feet?
0: Yeah, no, it definitely took some wrestling because it was a right around mile nine because my feet were soaked before I even got right. in the start cuz it was and, and I don't know if you've ever run a race in Philadelphia but the area where they set up for the the marathon and the half marathon and all their big races tends to get muddy mm. and just really soupy and gross and I got, every year I'm like really are we going to do this again <laughs> like come on but you know so we um you know we showed up to the start line a good hour early and and it was just a mess, right? It was just a mess. So my feet were soaked before, you know, before we even lined up to run and it was raining and sleeting. And it was, I don't know, it was like roughly around 32 degrees. It was extremely cold. And, um, so by mile nine, I could really feel like the skin on my feet starting to peel off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was- Just like there's really not much you can do at that point. Like there's no amount of body glide that can counteract for that. And if I'd had maybe Gore-Tex sneakers or or running shoes, maybe that would have made a difference. But regardless, I I tried duct taping my shoes, Mm -hmm. and the duct tape came off within the first mile. So by mile nine, I knew like I'm probably not going to finish this, or if I am, I'm good. My feet are going to be bloody, and I'm going to be miserable for weeks afterwards. And it just it was just getting worse and worse. And so I was walking more and more. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, like I, at first I was like, I'm not going to quit. I trained too hard. And then I thought, like, listen, if you were your coach, like right. if I was coaching myself, what would I say? And I thought I would never tell a client to go an extra 13 miles on bloody feet mm-hmm. on and in like that level of pain and discomfort. Just so that they could say they finished, because there's always another marathon. And like once I kind of put myself in the position of my coach and not my own disappointment, the decision became very easy. So, um, yeah, I, w- I mean, it was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. I also um, – you know, I, I kept thinking like, Oh my God, I've talked about this thing on the podcast. Like people, people were texting me, Hey, how did it go? I'm so proud of you. And I had to like tell everybody like, well, I didn't finish, but I felt really solid in the decision. Cause I knew it was the best thing, even if it wasn't what the outcome that I wanted.
1: Right. Right. You talk about people, you know, being, being upfront about it beforehand and, and people, um, you know, texting you, checking in, how'd the race go, all that kind of good stuff. Um, how, how was, how difficult, what was it difficult to kind of level and, and be honest with what happened or kind of how did, how did that side of the, the equation balance out?
0: Um, I mean, it, every, every text I sent was kind of like a reminder that I hadn't mm. achieved my goal. So I, I really, and I think this is the work that I do with my clients. I just, I did a lot of mental coaching of myself so that, because I kind of believe like the outcomes that we get in life are based on the thoughts that we have. Right. And the, and the attitude that we take towards things. And I thought, you know, if you are going to sit around and feel sorry for yourself, cause you didn't finish, right. Like you're, you're going to be miserable and I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to look back on this experience and have it be something I'm ashamed of because there was so much to be proud of. So, so yeah, like there was a little bit of a twinge every time, but I'm also, you know, I, I was honest with people. I was like, I'm disappointed, but I know it was the right and here's why and I feel good about it. And every time I repeated that to myself, I felt, I felt better about it because I would look back and think, you know what, like this, I, I recognize that it was probably a mistake for me to train because I was also, my pace was a lot slower than I wanted it to be. And it was, was cause I really, you know, I hadn't put in enough training to, to, you know have the performance that I wanted. And I kind of recognized that, but I also would never have done a 20 mile training run if I hadn't decided to train for a marathon. And that like that in and of itself, like that 20 mile training run that I did, that was just such an amazing experience. I would never have had that if I hadn't, you know, mistakenly thought, Oh, this is my year to do a marathon. I was just confused. That's all.
1: <laughs> so I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe not the million dollar question, but the, the, the 15 cent question is, is, uh, another marathon on the table at some point still, or is that, is that chapter closed or kind of where, where do we, where do we stand as, as we're hopefully coming back into a world where races are, uh, a bit more frequent and a bit more relatively regular options again, is, is there a marathon in your future?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, uh, I, 2021, I sort of like waffled on whether I should start training, whether I should sign up for one. And I thought, you know what? no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just like, wait a minute and see what happens. I am, I do have a half marathon in the fall and I also am doing a trail Ragnar in the fall. So there's some distance uh, running for me because I kind of, I took like a couple months off the end of this year we got a peloton and i've just been like going to town on that thing so i'm like just kind of ramping up and getting back into running now so i thought i'm not going to make the same mistake that i made two years ago and so i'm planning on 2022 so and i want to go back for the philly marathon i'm like that's that's going to be my white whale
1: (laughs) (laughs) hopefully but i hope that Go ahead.
0: Well, I hope that next time we have a conversation about this when you ask me the question what's your favorite running mm-hmm. distance or race distance that I can say, "Oh, it's the marathon." marathon.
1: <laughs> yes indeed. Yes indeed. And hopefully uh, you know, it, you know, all things all things uh being equal, 2022's Philly Marathon will actually have some decent weather because I feel like that's that's the race that that at least, you know, according to Twitter, seems like every year the weather always sucks for that one like it's it 's rare that it 's dry, and i mean it 's going to be chilly because it's it 's late November right, usually late November in in philly, but yeah. like at least at least dry just just dry and we can we can live with the, the chilly yeah. temperatures
0: well and it 's always the weekend right before thanksgiving, and i 've done the half marathon that weekend several times. And it's always been lovely weather. it's mm. cold, clear, and crisp. I mean it's always cold, but you know like it's we'll start out it'll be in the forties. but this is the first year that the weather was just awful for at least for me, and right. maybe I've just gotten lucky, but there's a springtime half marathon called the Love Run in Philly that that every year it's like pouring down rain. And I think like, maybe you could just move it out a month. Like why, why do you have to have it in the beginning of March? This seems like a silly idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and then you move it out a month and then it's rains then. And it was dry the month before, like, you know, you just be, you'd be damned if you yeah. do damned, if you don't, no matter, no matter when you yeah. do it. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, it's kind of, it's been obviously a, a subject conversation for lots of folks over the last, the last year plus, but you know, you, you, you didn't have a chance to, to quote unquote, redeem yourself. My, my words, not yours, but in the marathon this past year, because of, of COVID, um, how has, how has COVID and, and, um, you know, just, just obviously the pandemic, the shutdown, kind of the the world turning up on its, on its head a little over a year ago. Um, how, how has that impacted you as a, as a runner? And maybe we can even get into how it's impacted, you know, some of the athletes that you work with as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's impacted me the way it's impacted, most people in that, you know, all of my races were canceled. Mm -hmm. I, I know you went through the same thing. Um, and so there was definitely some disappointment because, uh, I, the trail Ragnar that I'm doing in September of this year was supposed to be last year. And oh my gosh, like was so excited for that. And, uh, that, that was a big disappointment. Um, couple half marathons last year got canceled, but, I think you know because of the the mindset work that I do on myself I'm I'm real fast at regrouping and saying okay these are the facts these are the circumstances I'm working with how do I want to show up for myself right now? And, you know, do I want to throw a pity party or not? Cause usually, I don't know, pity parties, they don't get me very far. <laughs> so I usually like limit, I'll be like, all right, I can put on the pity party hat and throw some streamers and like feel sorry for myself for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I have to move on. Right. So I give myself a, a limited amount of time. Um, so I, I, I think for me, I was like, well, what else can I do besides races? And, and again, so we got a Peloton cause I didn't want to go back to the gym mm-hmm. and um, and all that, we got a Peloton and I actually, um, for the first time in several years, I hired a personal trainer that we worked together over zoom and I thought, all right, I'm going to scale back on running and I'm going to go so hard on my strength training that when it's time to start running again, um, that I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. And so that's kind of been my goal. And I, can I just tell you that my deep squats are a thing of beauty right now? <laughs> so proud of my, I was just talking to a friend the other day. I was like, you have no idea how, perfect my butt is right now (laughs) (laughs) it's like all of those all of that work is paying off um but my clients I think um, you know, I've got some clients who their goal is to, you know, to run a a race every month. I have some who have a goal to do a half marathon in every state, right? And so all of their goals, these these big huge goals they had were put on hold. A lot of them that were registered maybe for Disney races like the Dopey Challenge, mm-hmm. which is a really big commitment, and it's like poof, just wiped off, wiped off the calendar. So, you know, we did a lot of we did a lot of work within my coaching group on you know, how do we, how do we manage our minds around that? Because you can't change the facts. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can change is how you, how you handle it. So we came up with some like fun stuff that we do in the, my coaching group to keep everybody motivated and, and engaged. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was a struggle and some, for some people struggled more than others. And I think like, you know, your clients, I'm sure go through the same thing. They're, they're, they, they're like, the race is my motivation to Mm -hmm. keep running. Mm -hmm. And without the race, then like, what's the point? And so I think that's the question that you have to answer. What's the point of running if there's no race? And and if you can't answer that question, then you got to find something else to do. But if you have other reasons to run besides, you know, setting a PR at your next half marathon, then you're kind of good to go.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's totally totally uh i think i think i'm i'm on point and and something that you know like you said some struggled with it more than, than others i had certainly had the same exact uh experience where the 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 runners that you know for f- nothing wrong with being relatively race motivated shoot i mean that was me for the first 5 years of my of my running career is if there wasn't there wasn't a race on the calendar like phew, we're not we're not running um and then of course you know eventually you, you like for me at least fall find joy in the runs. And, and as far as each individual run, just getting out there doing it. And the race is just a, a bonus. Um, and all of a sudden like, like motivation without any races, isn't, isn't a factor anymore. Um, but I, I love what you said of fi- kind of finding the point in, in the running without it being the races. And I'd love to, to, I guess, point that on you, if you don't mind, what, what is your kind of point for running? What is your motivation for running? Um, you know, and, and when races aren't an option at the moment,
0: I, yeah I, I think for me running is just it's just freedom. It's like you get to put on your shoes, walk out the door and go anywhere and just kind of experience the weather right and I'm I'm actually one of those people that if it's raining out I'm all in. I mean if it's sleet I'm not so much in <laughs> right. but like a light sprinkle is sort of my favorite favorite time to run so for me it's just it's just, it's the joy of movement. It's, um, it's cheaper than therapy, right? It's a beautiful mood enhancer. Um, I love the feeling of accomplishment afterwards. And again, I was like you, I used to love the races. And then eventually I was kind of like, all right, well, I'm probably not going to get a lot faster. So like, <laughs> like I could, um, I'm not that I'm saying you're like that, that that's, that's me, um, being like that. But, um, and I don't really have a desire to do the work necessary to make myself faster. I'm just kind of happy being a back of the pack runner and I might want to do like different distances. But I I think for me, just like the joy of getting outside and and the movement is literally the main reason that I do it. It, It's honestly nothing, nothing other than that.
1: Gotcha. Well, that's and that's, you know, for for Regrettably, I guess that's been a good place to be for the last 13, 14 months at this point. And and hopefully, um, obviously you can continue that with races, but for those that are struggling more with the lack of races, hopefully uh, we can start getting some races on the calendar soon ish. Uh, to to start yeah. training for and and kind of relight that fire a little bit, um, talked about being you know kind of being in the, in the back of the pack. I know that's a conversation that's come up a few times on on the podcast over the years for for different different distances, different races, whatever the case might be. But uh, the, the the party, as they say, is at the back of the pack on on race day. Uh, what what do you enjoy about kind of the the, the latter third of of runners in a race and, and kind of that party atmosphere that tends to happen back there?
0: Um. Yeah, it is so funny. I don't know if I would call it a party because <laughs> sometimes the folks at the back of the pack are just like, all right, I'm just hanging in there. I'm just mm-hmm. like doing my thing and staying focused. But there is there is definitely more. You'll see more costumes at the back of the pack. Like I, nobody, nobody in the that's placing on the podium is wearing a tutu. Right. Like right. there's a lot. There's a lot more Um, just kind of like silliness and fun at the back of the pack. But I think what I like the most is it's a, it's a pretty supportive place to be. It's not a competitive part of the race. It's not a competitive uh, group of people. They're more like, and, and and I do this when I'm running, like, I'll just make friends with the people around me. I'll just start running next to somebody and say like, Hey, it looks like we're running about the same pace. Like, just, do you want to just like hang for a moment or, you know, I'll just like give people a high five or Or whatever. So that's one of the things I love is I think it's a very, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of, like, if you see somebody struggling, there's a lot of like, Hey, come on, like I'll slow down and like, I'll, I'll run next to you. Like we, we've got this. Um, but also there's a couple things about being in the back of the pack that I think are very unique that first of all, if you're doing an out and back course, Mm. if you're in the back, you actually get to like see that first place runner like flying in and about to break i mean you know obviously right. like not moments from breaking the the ribbon but you get to see like the determination and all the hard work of those first place runners and i i like out and back races are my one of my favorites because i love the the mm. experience of seeing those folks like really hauling ass like right. coming in to finish and i just think like like how beautiful that is and and like their stride is always just flawless and they're just so graceful. And I especially love to see the first place woman coming in and I'm always like, yeah. So mm-hmm. so I think it's like a unique opportunity that you get to, uh, to have. Um, and then also when you finish at the end, like there's nobody else in your race photos. No. And I think this is like <laughs> – like if you've ever crossed, I I've been in some races where there's been like 10 other people in my race photo. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Like, who's that dude? He's mm-hmm. got his like hand in front of my face. But if you're, you know, coming in towards the end, you get the whole like finish line to yourself. And I think that's kind of fun and special.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm always in the middle, like, right. Like I, I'm certainly not anybody that's out in the front of the pack. Um, and, 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 uh, so far, I haven't I haven't had the the pleasure of winding up towards the the back of the pack. I just kind of settle in somewhere in the middle. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, it sound, like especially the the idea of being able to to connect and talk to folks. Like I feel like in the in the middle of the pack, um, and and I don't know maybe it's like this too at the at, at, at all phases of the, the pack, the, the front, the middle, and the back. But it's like everybody's got their headphones in and I'm not opposed to running with headphones. I'm not opposed to, to cranking up the jams when you need a little pick up and just, and just lock in and, and go. Um, but especially like for, for a longer race for a half marathon, a marathon, like I like to run the first half, first three quarters of the race with no headphones, just kind of enjoying the environment, maybe talking to some folks. And there's like nobody to talk to because everybody's got their their ear pods <laughs> in or their their aftershocks on or whatever the case might be. And they're just they're just, you know, jamming out to their own little music and being in their own little world, which is fine. But do you find it towards the back of the pack, having like fewer headphones or or is it like you're kind of looking for somebody without headphones to kind of settle in and talk to a little bit?
0: Yeah. I don't know if there's fewer headphones. I don't know if I've ever like paid attention to that I think there's just as many people with headphones um but I do think they're more open to having a conversation Mm -hmm. if you kind of pull up beside them and just kind of you know signal to them like hey and sometimes it's just sometimes it's just a simple a thumbs up and they'll take a headphone out and then you could say like hey you're doing great like want to run together for a little while so I think people maybe they're still wearing the headphones because they're by themselves too much more spread out um but I do think that there's more, they're more open to having conversations than maybe somebody who's like, I'm going to set a PR, stay away from me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> i just like, right. Like, I think a lot of, uh, mid packers are, are working towards like moving themselves up in the pack where the back of the packers, or at least I'm, I'm speaking for myself, right, um, are just like, Oh, I'm just going to finish and I'm just going to have a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately, to me at least, even even in, even in the, the middle of the pack, even trying to get a little bit faster and still trying to chase down some PRs and stuff, like as long as I finish and have a have a good time out there, like even if it's a little slower than I wanted to, but like you know, you you you, you smile a little bit, you gave a kid a high five or w- whatever the case might be, like still a pretty good day all, when all is said and
0: done. Yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, shifting shifting gears a little bit here, Jill, and something that uh, we talked a little bit about. The first time, but I don't think we got as much into, you know, some of the, 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 the brand stuff, the business stuff that, that, that you've got going on that, the not your average runner brand. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, I went back and listened to, to our, our first chat and, and I don't really even remember us talking about kind of how, how that came about and, and obviously how it got to where we are today. But, um, you know, I know we talked a little bit about kind of your, your original running story back then. And again, if people want to check it out, uh, episode 551 is, is the place to find it. Um, but but when did you decide to kind of start a running brand and, and a coaching brand and a and a writing books and, and kind of where did the, the business side of not your average runner come from?
0: Yeah, it's it it almost happened by accident, I'll be honest, because I um I mean I worked at uh worked at a pharmaceutical company for about twenty years. Um and I just realized it was not mm-hmm it wasn't ringing my bell anymore. So I quit and I thought I'm going to be, I'm going to become a personal trainer because I was really getting into fitness, but I, I wanted to focus on working with women who didn't really feel athletic, specifically plus size women, you know, in their forties and fifties. So I I actually, I quit my job and we renovated part of our house at the time, um, to be a personal training studio. And so I just saw clients in my home. It was amazing. And I, I think, you know, I, I've been doing that for about a year and I'd always kind of thought, you know, someday I'd like to write a book. What would I write about? I don't know. And I thought, you know, it might be kind of fun. I think I was training for my first half marathon at the time. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to write a book on running for plus size women? Cause nobody's helping these women, right? Everybody, like all the running books are assuming that you're already, you know, relatively thin and, um, there just wasn't really anything out there. So I thought I'm just going to write this book and I wrote it. And uh, it turned out to be wildly popular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good problem to downloaded, have.
0: Downloaded, I know, right? Got downloaded like a hundred thousand times off of Amazon, and that was super fun. Um, the name of the book was "Running with Curves," and I thought, mm. okay, this is a thing. This is like, I I should pursue this. So I started figuring out how I could work with uh, with running clients online, mm. and so you know, I started kind of putting that business together. Mm. Um, And then I actually, I applied for a trademark of the name running with curves and found out that I was actually infringing on somebody else's brand. Um, And they had some things to say about that. So I was like, (laughs) no problem. (laughs) I get it. Uh, And so that, that was in 2015. And that is when not your average runner was born. Cause I had to kind of come up with, you know, a. uh, a title to kind of describe what I was doing. So not your average runner. And, and so I, I slowly phased out the personal training work and took everything completely online so that I could reach more people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's where it all started.
1: That's, that's awesome and and i i love that it, it kind of happened by accident because it's the same thing with me like it was something that you know just kind of do doing for fun and and all of a sudden like i mean not all, all of a sudden over the course of four years or three years or whatever like <laughs> once the one thing starts to fall into place another thing sort of falls into place and then you're like well shoot maybe there's some dots here that i could connect and, and kind of turn into something um and and you know absolutely yeah just have, have found that you know that, that whole cliched saying of, if you like what you do and you never work a day in your life, like, I don't know, I still work some days, but most days I really like what I do and it doesn't feel like work very often, which yeah. is, which is a great place to be. Um, you, you mentioned that a lot of, uh, even the first book and, and kind of, at least if I'm putting words in your mouth, correct me, but I, what I, what I heard is that a lot of it was you kind of get into this space going, there's not a whole lot of information available for, for people like me, for, for women that aren't in their, you know, early in their life that, that aren't, you know, thin and svelte and have been running and been athletic forever. Um, and so you're kind of, you know, writing the, the first book about that. And I mean, again, if, if I'm mischaracterizing, let me know. But I mean, that's kind of what your whole brand has, has come to be is, is folks in their, you know, ladies in their 40s and their 50s, overweight, ready to, to maybe explore running for the first time. Um, what what are some, some things, you know, I mean, we've got a pretty wide cross section of folks listening to the show. Um, if there's somebody that's kind of in that, that market that's kind of, you know, new dabbling running wise, and, and maybe have never been been athletic before, or never thought of themselves as, as athletic, I should, I should clarify that. Um, what, what are some considerations or some things that they should maybe want to keep in mind or, or resources or, or ideas to, to pursue as they, they start to, to, you know, maybe get a little bit more serious about calling themselves a runner, being a runner, being, being a, a regular participant in the sport that we all know and love?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think um I mean if you are if you're a plus-size woman and when I say plus-size I mean like a size 14, 16, 18 or above, right? Um I think there are extra considerations. And and the first thing I always recommend is start out with a run, walk approach. Mm -hmm. And, um, and honestly, most of the probably 90% of the women I coach exclusively use a run, walk approach because it's much easier on the joints. It allows them to go a lot farther to like actually finish a half marathon or a marathon or, or an ultra. Um, it makes that an attainable goal. So I'd say start out with a run, walk approach. And I think, um, Make sure that you've got the right gear. And when I say the right gear, I think, you know, and this is how we talk about body image a lot in um in the groups that I coach, but There's a tendency when you're plus size to want to hide your body and cover it up. You're like, oh, I don't want anybody to see what my arms look like or, you know, nobody needs to see my butt. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And so we wear these like big baggy clothes because we think somehow that actually makes us look thinner, which is spoiler alert, it does not. But I I think like getting the appropriate gear for a runner, regardless of what size you are, it's going to make you feel more confident in your abilities, right? Because it's not going to be interfering with your running. Uh, you're going to be chafing less. Mm-hmm. You're going to, I mean, some gear, like if you buy compression tights, which I run exclusively in um, tights with like a medium compression, like they make running easier. They make right. it more comfortable, and uh, and also it's that kind of fake it till you make it thing. Like if you dress like a runner, you're going to start to feel like a runner, mm-hmm. and when you feel like a runner, you're going to run, and and right, and it's sort of like this nice circle. So. I think like starting out slow, starting out with a run walk and making sure that you have the right gear and the right bra, like, oh, every time I see a woman out there running and this is probably TMI for you, but (laughs) when I see a woman out there running and she does not have like a motion control bra and Mm -hmm. like everything is like bouncing up and down, I just cringe. I'm like, oh God, that looks so painful. If you don't have the right sports bra, It's going to hurt. And then you're not going to keep running. So the gear is really important. It doesn't have to be like a huge financial investment, but um, I really, I just recommend like, don't, don't just grab like your big, big old baggy sweats and t-shirt. Like if you run, you're a runner, whether you run a 20 minute mile or a four minute, Mm -hmm. like if you run, you're a runner and runners deserve to wear gear that supports them. So I think that's really important. And I know for a lot of women, they think, Oh, once I, once I make this a habit, once I lose some weight, once I get better at this, then I'll invest. And I'm like, no, no, let's invest up front And then
1: right. you can,
0: you know, and then it's going to be easier down the line. And don't be afraid to work with a running coach, right? Like just because you're plus size, just because you're fat, doesn't mean that you can't work with a running coach. You just have to find the, the coach that works, you right. know, that's going to work best with you. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing, and I feel like, you know, that, that maybe this is, is across the board as far as just new runners in general, no matter, no matter where you fit on the age spectrum, the, 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 the body weight size experience, you know, whatever. Um, I I feel like sometimes new runners think that like, I'm not good enough to get a coach yet, whatever quote unquote good enough actually means. But like, you know, when I'm, when I'm committed or when I figure out if I like it, maybe I'll get a coach. Um, but I feel like sometimes, maybe maybe most of the time, although that, that might be a, a bridge a bit too far, but like when you don't know, when you quote unquote don't know any better, like that's maybe the best time to work with a coach because, you know, you don't have bad habits to break or you don't have, have limiting beliefs that you've developed by, on your own that then you have to work through. So it, I would assume that you would agree with that.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I think that um, I mean, whether it's hiring a one on one coach or joining a group program like either or getting getting somebody that can give you instruction, that's not just free advice on the Internet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you have asked people on the Internet how to start running, you're going to get a million different answers like work with a professional who has helped other people do what you want to do. And then, you know, you're going to you're going to have sort of a head start on everyone else yeah
1: absolutely absolutely agree um as far as as programs and coaching and things like that that you have available what 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 are the different options what what uh what are the programs that you have in case somebody is listening right now going oh yeah this is this this sounds like it might be something that i I should look into it might be the right fit for me what what do you have available
0: uh so i i work with clients in Two different ways. I, I don't really do any one-on-one coaching. I only work with um, with groups because I I find that when you are in a group of people that have similar issues and are struggling with similar things, that like coaching one person helps everybody. So I, I exclusively do group coaching. But I have um I have a thirty day class that I run live uh, three to four times a year, and I think the next one is in August. Okay. Um, and it's called the Rebel Runner Roadmap. And it's it's basically a 30-day start running program that teaches the foundational skills of running running with a with a specific slant towards the plus size female runner. And we do strength training, stretching, we do, uh, running skills. And then we also spend almost half of the time in that class on the mental side of it and getting past the thoughts like, "I'm too fat to run. I'm too slow. I I'm too old. Right. So, so I believe, and I know you know this too, like running is like 80% mental. And so I address that uh, hard in my beginning running class. And then once you graduate from that class, I have an ongoing program called Run Your Best Life, which is where I, you know, I, it's just sort of like a month to month membership where we do a lot of live coaching calls. And we do all, I do all my coaching over Zoom, but you have an opportunity to keep working with me. And I have two coaches that, uh, that work on my team. So they're in that group as well. And then we also do like fun retreats and virtual activities.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. It it sounds like, I mean, I don't think I'm missing the boat on this one, but like the community side of things is pretty important for for you and, and the folks that you work with.
0: Yeah, it's because I think especially when you are a plus size runner, there's a there's a tendency to feel like I don't fit in with the running community and to want to hide. Right. And so I've created this community for women who have really never felt athletic to kind of, you know, support each other and recognize that they're not alone. And I I think that alone is so powerful and so helpful for uh, for people who are struggling because especially you know we're a big country right or like i have client like one of my clients lives in new zealand right and like i have clients all over the world and um when you go to a race the the majority of the bodies that you see are you know look thin and fit and so it can be kind of overwhelming for somebody who's plus size to, to just go up to somebody else and try to make friends with them. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, they're going to think I'm not a real runner. And it's all, it's all like things that we imagine in our brains, but this community helps give my clients the confidence to sort of claim their spot at the starting line and, and, you know, recognize themselves mm-hmm. as a real runner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, Certainly, I, I've experienced, and and maybe it depends on the races you go to as well. But it's it's I don't want to say it's surprising. Maybe it was in the, in my early days, but it's it's encouraging. Maybe is how I feel more about it now when I when I show up at a race. Um, and maybe Disney races are even more likely this because it's such a first time or friendly race opportunity. And, and living close, it's a, it's just a convenient opportunity for me. Um, But, but when you show up at a race and it's, I mean, it's all sizes, shapes, colors, ages, like every, like, like it is the cross section. Um, and, and it's just that, it's just that, that encouragement of like, man, like this community, of course, every community has a bad apple or two, but like for the most part, like just this, this running community at large is just like, arms are open. Like, come on down. Like if you, if you, you know, you said whether you're running a 20 minute mile, a four minute mile, somewhere in between, like we got room for you. We want to welcome you. We want to support you. Um, And, and, but all that to say it, when somebody's new and if they're in a small town and they're like, nobody looks like me that runs like, bam, like, here you go. Here's an opportunity to to find a bunch of, a bunch of folks that you can relate to that, that maybe some of your struggles they've, they've, they are struggling with, or they have struggled with, you can relate and communicate and help each other out. And, and I mean, that's what it's really all about. I think as far as I'm concerned, at least.
0: That's it. And I mean, one thing it's it's kind of funny because one thing I've learned about runners of because uh, I had the same thoughts when I first started running and was doing races was like, oh, gosh, I can't talk to the thin people because mm-hmm. they're serious and I'm not a real runner. I had all of that. It's just all the BS that goes mm-hmm. on in our minds. But one thing I've learned over the years is that, you know, when when. Some of, my, some of my clients will say, oh, you know, I, I told somebody at work that I did a 5K or I did a half marathon. And the first thing they asked was, well, what was your time? And I'm like, oh, let me guess. There weren't a runner. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah. How did you know? I'm like, because a runner never leads with that question, mm-hmm. right? Because runners are like are going to ask you like, oh, did you have fun? Did you enjoy the race? Like, how did you feel? Mm-hmm. What was it like for you? Whereas somebody who doesn't run is just doesn't understand the wider benefits of running and just thinks, Oh, like, did you know that my favorite question is, did you win? Like, no, there were 10,000 people there. Of course right. I didn't win. Right. <laughs> like the guy who won is a professional runner. <laughs> right. Right. It's just so funny. So runners are just like, you know, a very inclusive, loving community. It's cause it's, I were just pumped full of endorphins mm-hmm. all the time. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So as we're, uh, about to, to wrap this one up, I'm, I'm going to kind of turn the tables on a question I, I asked earlier and, and make that the, uh, the the philosophical question, which is something I think was fairly new before, but it's still going strong now. Kind of just an open-ended something to, to wrap up the conversation, Jill. But um, kind of asked already, you know, what are some things for for the newer runner, the, the, the middle-aged lady, a little bit overweight, kind of what are some of the cons- concerns or considerations that she might have? But what about those of us that don't fit that that category? Somebody like myself, who's, who's, I mean, I'm not like real skinny, but like, you know, whatever, quote unquote, normal, whatever normal is like, maybe that's, that's the category I fall into. Um, but what are some things that, that maybe some of the folks that you've worked with have, have, you know, somebody like me has said something that was not meant to be disparaging, but came across wrong or or considerations that, that the broader running community can have, maybe should have when it comes to, uh, folks that, that, um, are kind of new to the sport and maybe don't quote unquote look like they, they fit in, even though again, we're going to be welcoming and, 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 but all of us say things sometimes by accent or, or, or whatever, like, what are some, some considerations that, that maybe we should, that we, the broadening community should adopt related to newer folks that are getting into the sport. If that whole makes sense so, somehow in that.
0: No, it totally does. And it's interesting that you say that because one of the biggest complaints that I, I hear from people is, they're like, "Oh, I was out running and somebody and I and I stopped for my, you know, the walking part of my interval and somebody said, "Oh, don't stop now, you're almost there." Yeah. Or like people misinterpret the the run-walk method as, "Oh, she's giving up cuz she started right. to walk." I don't think those are runners though. So maybe that's not the right question it not, not the right answer. Um but I think a, a lot of plus-size runners, they they get offended when somebody says, you're doing great, you've got this, because their assumption is, oh, that person is being condescending. Mm. And they're like, it's just better if they don't encourage me. But then I also think like, hey, no, no. Like if you want to encourage like, – because it makes me feel good to encourage somebody. Right. Like that's – like it makes us feel good as humans, and it's well-intended. So I would say like if anything – Like if you see a plus size person or even somebody who just looks like they're a beginner and they're really nervous, if you see them in the start corral, like just like reach out and be like, hey, you know, um, have you done this race before? Don't assume it's their first race, but maybe just like, hey, have you done this race before? Um, I've I've done it a couple times and, you know, there's like a really tricky spot around mile six or, Mm. or something like that and just kind of like start up a conversation peer to peer and rather than, you know, treating them as a beginner just like kind of assume that they are an experienced runner, even if they don't necessarily fit the mold of that, I think having those kinds of conversations and then they can say, oh, no, this is my first race. And then and then you can be like super encouraging. Right. But I would say, like, start the conversation, but just assume that they're an experienced runner. And I think um, that goes a long way. But honestly, I always tell my clients when you're a plus size runner, like if you're just going to walk around getting offended by what everybody says, like you're going to be miserable. So let's stop doing that. Let's just assume that everybody has the best of intentions. Um, and, and go from there. I, my personal belief is that when I'm out running, everyone is cheering me on whether they're saying it or not. (laughs) It's so much more fun to run when you believe you have a cheering section everywhere than if you think everybody's kind of like being condescending to you. So that was kind of a rambling I answer but it's a conversation that happens a lot in the plus size running community yeah
1: i would i would imagine it sure. and like i said it's i'm sure that that i've said something done something that like you said came with good intentions but could have rubbed somebody the wrong way and so I, I like that idea of just kind of you know don't not asking is this your first even if it's even if all the signs are there like they're just lost kid in the candy store looking around like taking it all in like uh maybe a little bit feeling like like you can tell they're looking a little nervous like don't just lead with so this is your first race huh like Oh, you know, I, I love the idea of Have you run this race before? Y- even if they, you know, probably not, but like that's a great way to start the conversation. Takes the edge off, and then you know you can maybe offer some some encouragement, and and then it hopefully yeah. comes across as more genuine too, which is what we're trying to get to anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, if you yeah, thank uh, you for asking that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I, I think that you know again, like the community is great. Um, I think in general. But you know we can always be better. We can always try to be a little bit better. And and if that's a, if that's an easy way to do it, I think that's something that all of us, hopefully most of us, can embrace and, and lean into when races come back again. So, uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, if you enjoy Jill and what she's got going on, which I would encourage you to enjoy it because it's good stuff. runner dot com is the uh, the home ba- home base, the homepage, the website, uh, the podcast Just search for Not Your Average Runner wherever podcasts are sold. Which we didn't get to talk too much about. I was kind of had that on, on the list, but when we first start, when we first chatted three years ago it was like episode 11 and now it's like episode you know closing on 200 episodes still going strong uh, check it out yeah. it's still still once a week still every thursday is that the, uh, the routine? every
0: thursday every yep, thursday 6 a.m <laughs> so <laughs> like clockwork
1: so get yourself subscribed to the not your average runner podcast uh and, and connect with jill on social media as well at not your average runner uh disruns.com slash 938 is the link today for the show notes we'll have everything linked up there as per usual including the links back to episode 551 which we've referenced back to a few times but go back and check it out it was a good it was a good chat back then uh still holds up today and uh this one just picks up where that one more or less left off. So uh, Jill, thanks for, for coming back. Thanks for joining us again. Um, and I, I, I hope we can maybe do this again, but not three years from now, maybe somewhere close, maybe, cut, maybe split the difference a year, year and a half, something like that. Let's, <laughs> let's do this again. Uh, but thanks again for the time. Thanks for all you're doing for the community. Uh, and uh, I, I appreciate hopefully maybe being, being peers, being peers as running coaches, running people in the community. Yeah. Uh, but certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward.
0: Thanks. Same to you. I appreciate the time. <laughs> All right,
1: guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed a little uh, round two with Miss Jill Angie. And uh, as per usual, would be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from our conversation today? Uh, lots of great stuff in there. Uh, but I think that that my takeaway goes back to to kind of the beginning of the of the, the conversation today, and and you know the story about Jill not finishing that that first marathon, um and and a couple of things from that that really kind of stood out and and made that the takeaway for me, um one just the the ability to kind of separate from the moment and kind of take the objective look and and say that you know what today's not my day to, like my in her case obviously you know my feet are in a bad place and, you know, another 13 miles, another 14 miles, um, they're only going to get to a worse place. Like they're not going to get better. This is not a situation that I can work through. Uh, it's only going to make things worse. It's only going to make this experience more miserable than it already kind of is. Um, and, and being able to objectively say that, you know what, like it's not my day, uh, because let's not kid ourselves. We all have, you know, we all have those days. We all have those days that aren't our days. And it really is, is a bummer when it happens on race day. Like it's one thing when you have a, a not great day during a regular training run or even during a long run, you know, even if it's a, if it's an important run leading up to a race, like when it's, when it's not your day, like, oh, well, like it sucks, but oh, well, when it's not your day on race day, especially when it's not your day on your first time running a marathon, like that's a tough pill to swallow. And so I think that, that part of my takeaway is just having the willingness to, to swallow that pill when you need to. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's never going to be an easy decision, but when it's pretty clear that that's the right decision, having the the willingness, the awareness to 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 pull the plug, like that's tough and not something that that not something that gets celebrated as. And maybe it's not something quote unquote worth celebrating, but not something where where you know we're, we're able able to always be at peace with that decision and so just the fact that she was at peace with it uh, maybe not so much in the moment but but it didn't t- it doesn't sound like it took her long and it, it certainly sounds like she made the right decision like I think that's a, that's a big deal but the second half of the coin of my takeaway today, which I know I know I'm breaking my own rules usually I only do one but but I think this these are close enough really related that uh, I wanted to, to highlight it as well is that you know she's able to talk about the fact that if she hadn't trained for that first marathon, even though it didn't go the way she wanted to, and it will hopefully, you know, in the next year, year and a half, whatever, in 2022 for Philly. Um, but if she hadn't trained for that, that marathon, she never would have pushed herself as far as she did. She never would have done the 20-miler or 20 miles. I can't remember if she had multiple, but but the, the, the longer training runs that leading up to that marathon and help to prep, prepare her for that. And, and, I'm, and I can only imagine thinking back to, to well, not my first marathon because there were no twenty milers in my first marathon lead up, but you know the first times that I was training appropriately for the marathons, and and you know just the the sense of accomplishment you get when you when you cross eighteen miles, when you cross twenty miles, when you cross twenty miles and don't feel like your your death ran over twice, and and I'm sure that that even though we didn't get into it, I'm, I'm going to read between the lines that some of those victories along the way for her in leading up to the to that starting line, um, were worth it. Were worth the DNF were worth not finishing what she started on race day, uh, because her feet were so angry with her. Um, so anyway, all, all that through there, uh, is, is, my takeaway that, that, um, there's a lot to be learned even from a day that doesn't go according to plan and having the willingness and the, uh, objectivity to know when it's not your day and to pull the plug versus to, to force it and probably only make the situation worse is not something that's easy to do. Uh, speaking from experience is not not something that uh, that I feel confident that I would be able to make the right choice upon, uh, you know, being in that situation. But uh, a, a good reminder that you know sometimes you got to give up the day to you know, for the bigger picture, and sometimes the bigger picture happened before the day and made it you know still kind of makes it all worthwhile. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there's a, there's a takeaway in there somewhere for me. Uh, what about what about you? You have a little bit more clear takeaway, a little bit something uh, easier to find. That, that you can uh, share as your takeaway for today. If so, I'd love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com, or you can point your browser over to the, the show notes for today, slash uh, 938. And after you scroll past the photos, and the cliffs notes, and uh, the links and all that good stuff, there's that comment section down at the bottom. Feel free to leave your uh, thoughts, and feedbacks, and takeaways from today's episode down there in that comment section and uh, get the conversation going and uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the episode from today. How's that for rhyme scheme? Huh. Man of man of many talents I am. Humble too. Anyway, uh thanks for listening today guys. If you want to check out Wineab, get yourself a, a free month and then potentially another free month if you decide to sign up for the service. uh slash wineab slash ynab check it out and if it seems a little little tricky at first uh, let me know. I'll try to help you out as much as I can. But really, WineApp has a lot of great resources, great tutorials and workshops and things like that to help you figure it out. It did take a little bit for me to get it figured out, but once we got it dialed in, whew, like I said, game changers. Check it out, disruns.com slash wineab. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, y'all, thanks for your time. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for taking Jill and I with you today, uh, wherever it was that we went today. I hope it was a good good time. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, Right? See you guys.